Alright, third time's charm. We are going live with Renee. We are going to talk about creativity and living from the senses. So I'm going to wait for Renee to get here first and then I'm going to invite her and see what happens. Maybe that will work because um, before I was not having luck with getting her on here. There she is. All right, let's see. There you are. Hi. Hi. Oh my goodness. I don't know what that was all about. I kept getting errors. Okay, hi. You're here in the car and it's raining and it's dark. Yes, so I'm I'm working out of the house this evening because Noah is at his therapy. Um, so this is what I do like two or three times a week is I go to Barnes and Noble and work while he's at therapy. Oh, so uh, okay, so you're sitting in the car instead of in Barnes and Noble. Yeah, because it was noisy. Like usually it's pretty quiet in there, but there were a lot of blenders going, so I decided to sit in the car instead. Hello. Okay. Well, that's very. Uh... <laughs> sensually um invigorating to see the wet rain and the dark behind you and very washington weather that's for sure okay so speaking of um sensual <laughs> senses the five senses the six senses yeah yeah um i actually got inspired to do this topic because of the post that i posted today which is a quote um about nature and the senses and and about not conceptualizing nature but actually directly experiencing it um and i think that's such an important principle to remember especially when we're talking about creativity okay echo real quick. are you hearing them I hear a little bit of an echo, but hell, if I know what to do about it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, yeah, so I think, you know, from, from a, in a modern, in the modern world, you know, we're very overstimulated. Like my, what I'm doing tonight is a great example, you know, like I'm, I'm in a bookstore and then I'm sitting in my car, I'm driving, I'm dropping off, I'm picking up. Um, and all along, you know, all, all in that time period, um, I don't have a lot of opportunity for sensual engagement with what I'm doing. I mean, I, I can, right? Like I have to be very conscious if I want to say, okay, I'm going to feel this fake leather on my steering wheel, or I'm going to feel the um, fabric of this seat that I'm sitting on, or I'm going to be in the coffee shop and smell the aromas or whatever. Yeah. But how much are we actually engaging with the senses usually? It's, it's usually very little. Like when you're driving, there's a lot going on in the mind and of course the spinal cord if you've been driving your whole life it's hardwired in there um but the awareness has to be what what i call like lateral awareness and maybe we've talked about that before um but when you have lateral awareness like the planning awareness the kind of like you know the the surveyors kind of awareness you can't have direct sensual experiential awareness and that's just because they're different kinds of you know interacting with the world right um, but I think we, 
in you know in modern life we're, we're in that um lateral awareness so often um you know managing things at work managing the kids managing schedules um and so we're not able to really be up front in our senses um well, and I, 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 mean, I, I think in my little club, I would call that, you know, left brain, right brain. That we're totally. All, you know, operating from the left brain, which is um, the do, the do, the do, right? And we have to really open up and connect to our deeper self if we're going to engage the right brain and really go to Barnes & Noble and smell the smells and listen to the sounds and, you know, feel the vinyl seeds or whatever and really engage. Um, it's still a choice, but originally when we got on the call, you brought up nature. So I, I, I'd like to talk about the, the, the difference because you can be in, in nature as well and be in your left brain, right? And totally. Not, and not be fully present in, in nature and in all her glory. So right. it, it's definitely a practice and um, it, it can be anywhere. Like I do, it, it is very interesting though that tonight you're in the dark wet rain in the car you know kind of shrouded or you know protected from the elements right yes yeah totally um yeah and that you know for practical reasons that's you know what we do often i i think the, the use of the word nature um it's interesting because there's kind of this false idea that there's okay there's nature and then there's here i am in a mall parking lot right like but actually, I'm still in nature. Like, nature is whatever's going on around us. Um, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, there's still rain. You know, there's still air. There's still my my molecules and my cells and the vibrations in my body and the interactions that I'm having with other people as I, you know, say hi to the barista or whatever, you know. Um, and so that dichotomy, I think, also is a, is a left brain thing where we say, hey, we're not in nature right now. Let's go to nature. You know what I mean? Um, well, we're in our natural but, habitat. <laughs> right. We're in our natural yeah. habitat inside a car, protected from the rain, inside Barnes & Noble or inside the house or whatever. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And so going back to what you said, I think the really important thing isn't like being even being in your right brain is is if you're conscious of the fact that you're in your right brain you're in your left brain right like wouldn't you say i love that <laughs> like if you're really fully completely in your right brain there's not any mentation happening right there's no narrative happening um and maybe that's like the of course it's on a spectrum it's not it's not black and white like like a switch right there's a spectrum of like the right brain being engaged or the senses being engaged but like full presence, there's no narrative, no observer. Um, right. And I call it being upfront in your senses, sort of like as if you're uh, you're like at the command center in this little spaceship that is your body, you know? Um, and you're right there in that big window, you know? And there's nothing between you and what you're engaging with. Um, and to me, that that happens when not only is the mind quiet and still, but the heart, is really engaged, like you're engaged on a uh, an emotional feeling sense level with what you're experiencing. Well, not not to just jump jump right to the end, but we've kind of talked about um, the idea of making love to you know life, right? 
several times and you can you can explain that to whoever hasn't heard us talk about that because it sounds kind of weird but yeah. the best way to explain what you're saying is when you can't you can't let it, it you're it's like sex when you're having sex and you're in, in the middle of the deed you, right. there's no meta there's no narrator right. And, right. and you lose yourself in the act and that is all your senses right it's your sense of smell it's your sense of taste it's your physical pleasure it's even the sounds you know of whatever the sheets against your ears i don't know um your partner yeah. it, it is very very sensually um it's it's packed and we exactly. lose ourselves in that and so i think that um obviously we talk about creativity a lot um that that kind of a connection with your body is really really healthy for your mind so it all it all plays into that you know that you know connection to your deeper self on a physical level and um being in touch with what's happening around you and i think the nth degree would be the sex the sex act yeah and i think that's that's a great example that's probably relatable to most people because not all of, all of us are like artists or peak performance athletes or musicians or something but we've all most likely most of us have had that moment where in the act of love making you you've lost yourself you've dissolved not only into the lover and you know you're the lover and the loved and the beloved all at once but also the moment itself the space the environment you know everything becomes this culmination of of life really it's just like this literally this um concentrated what i what i want to say like a focal point of life right in that moment um and being embodied is such a huge part of that um and that's you know that's what we lose if we're always operating from that left brain place is that sense of embodiment and that's really what i mean by being upfront in the senses is we're we're not uh filtering or like you know the touch that i'm feeling or whatever like i'm not filtering that through some conceptual framework in my mind that's like this is good this is bad this is useful this is not useful this you know all those categories um you're you're experiencing sensual engagement without the categorization mm -hmm. because the categorization is what creates separation that right that's when we like you said hop hop on over to the left brain for a minute we have, exactly. with the little toddler STV toddler club, um, there's new stuff out, by the way. We, my, me and my children, we never played with anything but like sand and cornstarch and, you know, food coloring and Play-Doh. Now they have these big corn things and they make these big swimming pools full of these big corn things for sensory, <laughs> what is it called? Sensory something. Um, I don't know. Yeah, sensory play, sensory engagement. Sensory play, yes, and they have all kinds of stuff that they never had before. But I would never yeah. expect my grandson Achilles or you know a toddler to stop and say, "Isn't it interesting how I'm completely lost in this moment?" Um, you know, feeling that I've never felt this before, and I'm going to you know analyze it. Or of course, they don't do that. Right. Um, when we are connected to our senses, it can be correlated to like a toddler. Um, like like Achilles or you know somebody under three or four because before you start identifying and encoding letters and reading um life is primarily right brained it's emotionally charged it's sensory um you're up to your ears and poop and snot and tears and all of it it's, it's very sense it's very right brain it's very sense oriented yeah, yeah. and then we move them into the logical sequential you know 
tie your shoes and learn to read and all, all of that uh, becomes almost secondary. So, and I know it's not necessarily about being like children, but it, they're a perfect example of how we come out knowing how to connect on that level with the world around the creative sense. We're, yeah, we're I mean, I think, I, I was gonna say, I think in many ways it is about being like children while still retaining the capacity for discernment and executive function and decision-making and all those things. But um, for instance, I was recommended a book called The Shack by a friend of mine who's Christian, and I found it as a movie. And so I watched the movie, and there's a, there's a lot of the theme, let's just like summarize it. A lot of the theme is around judgment. And so there's this main scene where the protagonist of the story um, he's in this cave and there's like this spiritual entity there who invites him and says, Hey, it's time for the judgment. This is, this is a serious thing. We're, we're going to, it's judgment time. And he's like, all right, judge me, judge away. And then she's like, no, we're not judging you. You're judging God. Um, and so he's kind of taken aback and then, you know, she starts kind of like going in. So who, okay, who needs to, who's, who's to blame? Who's to blame here? Is it God? Is it the sinner? Is it the, you know, this murderer? Is it this, you know, person who beats their wife? And, you know, so posing all these kind of philosophical questions to him, moral philosophical questions. And ultimately, like what, what the man realizes is that it's not, it's not God's role to judge so much as it is God's role to see that to to see that the love like his feeling of love his sense of love supersedes any kind of possible judgment and so that's what jesus's life is all about the sacrifice so that no one has to be judged but that everyone can be saved no matter who they are whether they're a murderer whether they're you know a person who beats their wife etc and so the, this theme of judgment is really prominent in the story and of course it's couched in christian language and kind of the christian worldview but I see it as really the same thing because what they're what they're illustrating is that judgment taking on what they call the role of God playing God separates you from God but allowing what they call you know God to do his job basically when you allow God to do his job then God is your father and you are a child and you have innocence because you don't judge others you don't judge yourself and you're not judging your experience so it takes this great burden off of the believer um, by by surrendering to the fact that it's they can't know from our from our tiny perspective, right? We can't know. We have we have about like you know a grain of sand of perspective in a, a universe of you know grains, right? Like infinite grains. So that really spoke to me um, that metaphor for the you know the fact that we are really meant to be the children of the universe, the children of nature, the children of that higher power, we're not meant to be playing God. And when we do that, we lose our innocence. Mm -hmm. And there was another great metaphor for this in um, C.S. Lewis's sci-fi trilogy. So just to really quickly like explain it, it's a, it's a sci-fi trilogy, There's a, they're on Venus. And Venus is basically like Eden. And the queen of Venus, is like a very Eve-like figure, very innocent. She's not aware of herself. And the devil tempts her by showing her a mirror and saying, this is what's so great about man is that we can live alongside ourselves and look at ourselves and, and apprehend ourselves 
and be together with ourselves in a conceptual way. And she's like really confused and scared. And she's like, it's me, but it's not me because it's the concept you, right? It's the false self. So just another metaphor for that, um, that I find really, really moving. When we lose that child, childlike innocence, we become the judge. And being the judge is not a fun thing to do. It's not, it's not what we're supposed to do, right? And it takes away our creative instinct, our creative drive. Right. Well, good for you for being able to see through all the Christianese and find <laughs> something uh, palpable that you can relate to as far as the source being the God or, you know, the source being the God energy, the father who loves the child. That's a beautiful, beautiful relationship. And it's a good metaphor. But I think that, you know, when you think of sin, uh, I think they say sin is missing the mark. Um, and you know that atonement, which is what Jesus came to accomplish, to atone for our sins. So when we miss the mark, we need atonement. And this child of God, this son of God is giving us that atonement. And, and a, a, a way to stretch that to what you're trying to say, I think, is you often say dissolution. But I want to say, you also often say dis, dissolvement, but mm -hmm. um, disintegr. Uh, what, what's the word I was thinking of? When you break with your own self and you disintegrate, it's not uh, the dissolution that you say. It's not the dissolution that you often talk about in your deep spiritual moments. It's a disintegration. So our integrity and our integration with our deeper soul is mm -hmm. is going to be sinless we're not going to miss the mark we're going to be sinless because our atonement is when we're at one at one meant with our own deeper selves and you know include the source or the father or whatever the higher power whatever you want but that when we do when we're harsh with ourselves which comes from you know your self-care course too when you're harsh with yourself and you're judging yourself and you're separating yourself sin separates us from god so that judgment separates us from ourselves because it's not rooted in love. And so if we want atonement at one minute, keep ourselves with our true selves, and we don't want to have sin separate us from that wholeness, then we're going to not be so judgy. We're not going to be so analytical. We're going to be. We're going to do less. Exactly. exactly. I couldn't put it better. It, and it, I always thought there's this word in Sanskrit, um, and it's anavamala. And it, what it means is root impurity. So mala is root, like the mala bead. Um, there's always that root bead on a mala strand, right? The, they call it the guru bead. So root impurity. Um, and to me, that's the closest thing to original sin that, that Indian philosophy has is this anavamala. And what, it's not anything that's wrong with us, that we're evil, that we're selfish, that we make bad choices. It's just simply that we ha we carry around with us the illusion of separation because we've forgotten that we're not um, a self-contained, discrete entity. We're actually a part of the whole. And so that, to me, is the closest thing that, that really kind of concept uh, contextualizes original sin for me in a way that really makes sense to me. Like is that. exactly what you're saying is that the illusion that we're separate and therefore we have to assess everything we come in contact with to determine is it good for me is it bad for me will it help me will it hurt me you know because it's it's just not about that um oh i like and, that yeah. i do i like that yeah. too um and part of the whole you know meditation craze uh, the current obsession 
trying to figure out how to meditate, especially during COVID. People are desperate for some kind of connection, right? And so, um, I don't know, I've probably downloaded five or six new meditation um, guru things. Um, and I feel like it's coming out of the woodwork. And part of that obsession is to try and find some kind of inner harmony. And right. I think that we all just need to be needed to find. And at the beginning of COVID, there was that little meme going around about everybody sitting down and relaxing and being creative again and refreshing here mm -hmm. and right there. And then the metaphor uh, of like the Odysseus, the male going out into the world to conquer. Well, guess what? All the men have to stay the fuck home again now. And so they have to go on. Their right. So their journey now is to, to go within as well. So the whole world is going within. And we were mm -hmm. supposed to come out with this beautiful gem of this, our internal realm, you know, bringing it out to, you know, embrace the external. And I don't know what happened. There was... I guess I, I felt like a little Pollyanna when I thought, oh, this is going to be so great for society. And whew, we got more divided politically and now yeah. medically. And so it, it's the whole creativity message that we are one. There's nothing isolated. We are united. And if we can live in that and, and know that you know, consciously and unconsciously, I don't think that we would have as much um, stress. Fighting. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I I have shared your similar like that similar feeling of the Pollyannism they call it, and I really believe that many people are going to use this opportunity as a vehicle. And I, you know, I used to think everything have, had to happen collectively for it to be, you know, as a child, like oh, the whole world's gonna get enlightened one day. And you know, now I'm like, okay, like there's gonna be people who walk this path and there's gonna be people who, who walk this path of awareness and, and use that opportunity. Um, and so I don't, I don't feel exactly the same way as you in the sense that I, I think it was a missed opportunity. I think it's still there. And I think the- I hope you're right. I hate, I hate the feeling of disappointment from being an older woman. I just hate it. So I yeah. will latch on to whatever perspective you are expressing right now and and i will hold out i i will i promise i will i i'd rather do that yeah yeah i mean i i think even though things are in some places feeling like they're moving towards going back toward normal i still think there was there was a collective pause that helped us really look at basically what we're talking about sensual living like, what do we actually want to be doing with our time? Where do we actually want to be showing up, you know, with our family, sitting around a table, sharing meals, being in the moment, you know, having, being in nature, that became, that really became a big thing, right? Like people finding places yeah. to be out in nature, right? Because you couldn't go anywhere else, but you needed somewhere where you could feel connected. And why is it that we go out? Why do we go distract ourselves? We want to feel at least some semblance of connection when, you know, when our, our minds and our bodies are used to running at such a high cadence that we need like extra stimulation to feel like we're alive, you know, and now people can go sit in nature and they're, they're finding that they have that connection already available to them in this um, very uh, like unmarketable, uh, unprofitable, you know, way, right? It's free. Sex is yeah. free too. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Six feet apart. Um, you know, I just think that we didn't get into the, you know, we didn't get really into the 
different senses with the smell, the sight, the touch, the feel. Yeah. Um, and uh, all of the things that I love about being a human, because sometimes I don't like being so lofty and I don't like being so theoretical and talking so much about, you know, um, just theories and, you know, brain science and all of that. I, I really, really love the human. I just love the human part of being human. Yeah. And I, I think that's a perfect, that's, that's a great point. One, because I'm totally, I'm, you know, I am very heady and I'll get in my head and I'll go down that route, especially when you and I talk, cause it's a lot of fun. Um, and so with that, I would love actually maybe, you know, next week we can do this. We can do the get in the senses meditation, um, exercise. Like we can go through each sense and really show up with each sense and and do would you be up for doing that next week sure you mean do an actual meditation yeah like so i i'd be happy to lead that we could do it on instagram live um and yeah and just invite anyone who wants to join to to come and do that with us and go through each sense really engage with, with each sense so it's not a meditation in the sense of you're shutting your eyes and you go, you're going within but you're actually showing up to touch, taste, smell, you know, you're really showing up to the senses and to what, whatever it is you're experiencing outside of yourself. Yeah, I would love that. Um, and I, I would love that. So we can, uh, we can do that next week. And I, I mean, I'll just go along with it. I, I won't, I won't, I won't join in. I'll join in quietly. Okay. Well, and then, you know, if you want to chat afterwards, like I would love, you know, to get your perspective. What was your experience like, you know, and and how how maybe like the things you do in your own practices, your own singing practice, teaching, and etc. Have that same effect for you because it isn't specialized, right? I think that's the big thing I want people to understand is like, sure, I can guide you through it, but you have five senses and you know how to use them, right? So we can all find ways that resonate with us and speak to us, and and not and furthermore actually move our hearts engage the heart and not just the senses in a mechanical hedonistic way but actually the heart so that we're cultivating love at the same time mm -hmm. i love appreciation and gratitude because yeah. if, especially people that get COVID and can't smell a damn thing right you never yeah. realize you loved that you were able to smell stuff till you lose totally. it totally about that. and i love the meditation that we did in your course uh, about the space and the mass and the volume yeah yeah definitely do that because that has to do with that has to do with touch in, in a sense yeah but yeah absolutely so so in ayurveda they teach that if space element there's the five elements if space element in the body in the self in the mind is rectified all the other element, elements fall into place because space element holds the other elements it's sort of like the the uh canvas or the you know the the you know, I don't know, like the base of all the others, right? Mm -hmm. I like the canvas. Um, okay, then I don't know what time it is because I can't, let's see. Um, Looks like 5.45. We are just right on the button. I'm so sorry about whatever the re re rejection thing was. I, you're so cute how you just sit there and wait for me so patiently. You're so good. With no, it's okay. <laughs> Technology, I mean, what are you gonna do, you know? It's, mm -hmm. a, it's another practice in just like 
okay, this is what's happening. You know, accept, accept this. We'll do, we'll do next week and we will culminate our 2021 Instagram live sessions with a beautiful meditation of the five pieces and a celebration of being human because this is that season of celebrating an infant to baby human. And then uh, we will break for 2022 and we'll join back wow. maybe the, the 10th. Perfect. So, okay. All right. Look at Renee. She's so on top of it. I love it. <laughs> Lovely as always, my dear. Mwah. Bye. Me too. Mwah. Good night. Love you. Love you too.